we'll start with our Ground Floor podcast, where host Cynthia Schur visits with regional entrepreneurs. Today, she speaks with Drew Gibbs of Global Grange, a Rogue Valley organization that brings together people from different parts of the food business, from cattle ranches to dairy farms to restaurants and more. Here's Cynthia. This is Cynthia Schur with The Ground Floor, Jefferson Public Radio's segment on entrepreneurial businesses in the state of Jefferson. All businesses begin with an idea that an entrepreneur, or in today's case, entrepreneurs, can turn into reality. Today, we have guest Drew Gibbs, who was one of three entrepreneurs developing a, a company called Global Grange, a business that's changing how farms and restaurants connect to deliver fresher foods. Welcome, Drew. Good to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I understand that you have two restaurants in Ashland, Alchemy, and located inside the Win- Winchester Inn, and Chateaubriand 36, which is right across the street. So tell us how your connection with restaurants and Global Grange got you into this uh, startup Global Grange company. Sure. So I am a second generation uh, restaurateur. My parents are the ones who started the business in 1983. Um, I took over about 2006 for running Alchemy. It didn't become Alchemy until 2013. We took over what was then Smithfields at the time, right before the pandemic, and then uh, about halfway through, reinvented it into what it is now, the Chateaubriand, a French steakhouse. The beginnings of Global Grange happened actually long before I was even part of this. And our CEO, John Andreessen, had long been working with local livestock farmers. So his connection to the industry is through alpaca farming, and that he had actually created what would be considered our alpha test with Livestock of the World and uh, Livestock of America. And he was trying to create a business-to-business marketplace for ranchers and livestock raisers to then do business with each other. And through the, you know, the nature of the Rogue Valley, we ended up with a mutual acquaintance, Ben Searcy, who is our chief, chief growth officer. Um, I've known Ben for about 20 years now. And uh, at w- one day at a, at a meeting, John and Ben got connected. They started talking and the pieces started to fall into place. Ben said, oh, I think I know somebody that might be of interest for you to talk to. My piece started during the pandemic, where during the lockdown, when none of the restaurants were operational, I was stuck at home. And in between starting out and teaching my then eight-year-old math for three (laughs) hours in the morning and then not having anything to do in the afternoon, um, tried to think of different avenues of, of how we can move things forward coming out of the pandemic. So with my connection to the restaurant world, my goal is always to try to streamline and ease our you know, pain points in our industry. And the number one thing for us is the continued globalization and increase in farm size and everything else is that you're dealing with these large conglomerates that will buy up farm produce, everything else, and then it's kind of prepackaged and sent it to you. Um, so we deal with people who are farming on a mega scale, and then we end up with the byproducts. Um, what everybody here in the valley, and you know, as a farm-to-table driven restaurant, what we what we ideally want is to be able to have that connection with who, the people that are growing the food, and keep everything you know as close to home as possible. Things are fresher. Everything's a little bit better when it's right in your backyard. So my understanding is this is a technology business. This is a SaaS, a software as a service. So tell me how the the company Global Grange connects 
What is it that you do? How does it work between restaurateurs? And uh, is it right now, is it just uh, livestock producers? So step one was to connect all the livestock producers and that our, our goal was to create a foundational level of individuals that are doing business with each other, which then creates a network of individuals who are already creating food products. And by building that is that allows us to then layer on top restaurateurs. So for the having the built-in network of, of the agricultural producers, that allows the networks the restaurants to tap into the network to then create and order, buy, connect, and utilize the products that they're making. And so what's your what's your business model there? Who pays you and how? And- Absolutely. So what we have, the main component of, of what we offer for our SaaS is, is a product called the Harvest Hub, and everybody logs into the Harvest Hub. Uh, the producers will upload all of their products within there, and then the chefs will be logging in creating orders, which you can scale searchability as far as, you know, location, product, everything, terms, deliveries, payment, so so on and so forth, to create orders to then have all of that come together to the restaurant in a more convenient manner than calling up 18 different farmers. And and so do you take a percent of the sale or do you? Ours is a monthly subscription-based. Subscription-based, on both sides, both the producer and the so the, the idea, yeah. So the idea is that the farmer pays a sus- subscription that allows uh, the access to the nationwide network of the B two B, and then the restaurant tour pays in, which then allows them to connect into that. And and I, you know, there's been so much interest in farm to table. Mm-hmm. So are you are you looking? Is a restaurant tour looking within a certain geographic area? Are they? Can they specify? I want something from the my local region? Absolutely. So what we found is by nature, there is a certain geographical boundary that that is created just by the nature of what you're producing. Um, certain things don't ship well. I mean, if you're if you really, really, really want to ship a, you know, 45 pound side of beef you, from one side of the country, you can. But the idea is that really is when you're looking at the, the, the nature of where things are being grown in proximity to you, the logistics of everything kind of create their own boundary within that. So for us, the Rogue Valley in particular created this perfect little pocket for us to beta test everything. And so knowing that, I can always connect my chef with a farmer in Idaho, say, for in particular something like a non-perishable good, which is really easy to ship. But the whole point is to start creating natural little pockets, which keep the commerce within the local area, in addition to you know fostering growth for those that are one of the most underserved uh, producing communities out there. Farmers are just like restaurateurs and that that's razor thin margins. Yes, right. Yeah. So I'm stuck on the fact that you said the CEO started with uh, llama production. Alpaca, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, alpaca yeah. production. I'm thinking, so, and then extended into other livestock or is yes. that also, I've never heard of anyone eating an alpaca. The foundational layer wasn't necessarily for uh, food production. Okay. And so, so he built his initial framework around the idea that as his family had been in the alpaca farming business. Okay. Is that he was I feel going. Better. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I've never had alpaca meat either. Yeah. Um, it was, it was built around the idea of, of, um, Increasing genetic diversity and being able to uh, offer stud services, the a further outlet for things like um, showmanship quality 
breeding of alpacas, and then also uh, an outlet for the byproducts, so things like alpaca wool. Okay. All right. So that's that was just sort of the foundational uh, layer in terms of the platform he created. Absolutely. Okay. So it was it. it was built with that in mind and then scaled up to include all livestock. It wasn't actually built with the idea that it was going to be consumer edible goods. Got it. Got it. Okay. You're listening to The Ground Floor on JPR. You can find us online at jeffersonexchange.org. I'm your host, Cynthia Schur, and I'm speaking with Drew Gibbs, COO of Global Grange and owner of Alchemy and Chateaubriand 36 restaurants. So this is really fascinating. So as the, as the owner of two restaurants, what has worked really well and where have been some places where it's like, oh, we have to course correct here because this doesn't work on the restaurant side? So we're still, we're still right in the very beginning of the, the testing phase. Okay. So we're still trying to get the raise to be able to build the infrastructure to properly test this. Okay. Um, right now, it is done on a, on a handshake of, hey... You know, I know you, you know me, let's make this work and we're going to start working out the bugs. So it's been a lot of information gathering. It's been a lot of, will this work for you? Um, how would you, you best utilize this? We're, for the company itself, we have Livestock of America up and live right now, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we started our, our WeFunder campaign to do the crowdfunding raise to be able to have the influx of cash available to start the, the development phase of that. Great. Would you talk about that a little bit? I mean, how, how much capital are you trying to raise? Um, where I know you have a pitch deck online. Yeah, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we have a crowdfunding campaign live on WeFunder. It is wefunder.com slash globalgrange. And we are initially really looking for a small fund to start with. Um, we've had roughly $40,000 in initial investments from private investors. And so we're the, the next step would naturally be to look to a crowdfunding campaign before we go to a Series A or looking to an angels or uh, a venture capitalist group. So you're starting just to say, like, it, it, proof of concept, exactly. is there a there there? Exactly. Yeah. So we've already had, we've already had uh, other venture capital groups reach out and show interest, but they're wanting us to do our due diligence. As they're saying, we would really love to, to look further into this and, and invest in you. However, we need you to, to show your proof of concept works and that the, you have that traction there. Right. So, and this SaaS, does it replace a middleman of sorts? And who, who, would, who do you potentially help and who do you potentially threaten by starting sure. this business? So the idea is that we don't see ourselves as completely replacing anyone. Mm-hmm. The idea is that we can create direct avenues for sales for the farmers and then ideally save uh, it's a it's a cost savings um, equation for the restaurants, so the restaurant uh, the restaurants will be able to save money because the farmers don't have to sell their goods to a middleman, is they are the direct sale. All we're doing is is creating the infrastructure to connect the two. Mm-hmm. So because we don't have tons and tons of overhead, we don't have warehouses and trucks and everything else. We're do, what we're doing is we're helping to facilitate and eliminate that for the farmer mm-hmm. so that they're not having to sell it to a large distribution system like Cisco, U.S. Foods, somebody like that, and that they can get directly to more restaurants. It's the same thing as if you were to go to the farmer's market. Anybody can go to the farmer's market and buy, obviously. It's we're trying to increase the footprint of available buyers for them. Okay, so let me see if I – let me explain this back to you and see if, I, see if I've got it. Sure. So – 
uh, restaurants, fragmented industry. How many restaurants are there in the country, do you think? There are over half a million independent restaurants. Half a million independent restaurants, yes. and that's your target market. That, so the target market is there. Our restaurant side is half a million independent restaurants, mm -hmm. and that for the farm side is 85% of all farms in the country are a half a million dollar or less small family business owned operation. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of a small B to small B. Exactly. So yes. they are, our thought is that it is farm to farm to table. Excellent. Excellent. So, and uh, just again, briefly, tell me how this, what problems is this solving for restaurateurs and for like people who raise livestock? Sure. So it's not just livestock, it's anybody. So we're, anybody. we're talking about um, anybody who has a dairy farm, creameries, fisheries, uh, mushroom, uh, mushroom growers and foragers, anybody who is uh, bringing a product to a commercial kitchen to be turned into a dish and sold, ideally. The idea is that we can offer them the, the flexibility and tools to offer their goods directly to the kitchens instead of having to go through that distribution middleman, which allows them to set competitive prices that are better margins for themselves and still less than the distribution margin as far as adding on that middleman margin. Right. And then because you're both making more and still less than the, the middleman, the mm. restaurants will then end up saving money in the long run. Got it. Got it. So uh, where can people find out more about Global Grange? So you can actually go to Global Grange. You can go to <laughs> Global Grange. Yeah. Globalgrange.world. And that will tell you all about our company. We have LivestockOfAmerica.com live right now. We have over 2,000 active users and thousands of posts of animals. And then we have just started to launch FarmsOfAmerica.us. And that would be produce. And that would be produce and everything and else. Yeah, mm -hmm. So our Harvest Hub, which can be accessed through all of that, is the sign up. So that is the gated page where users themselves would sign up, create an account, and log in. All of that has all the tools that, that you would utilize as far as an actual paid user. Got it. So if you are, if you're someone who raises food products, mm -hmm. if you are an independent restaurateur, or if you're an investor, you might want to learn more about Global Grange. Absolutely. Got it. Thanks so much for being our guest today. It was a pleasure. Really appreciate having you on the ground floor. This is the ground floor on the Jefferson Exchange. You can find us online at jeffexchange.org. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.